1: Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, July eleventh. You know what we do on Mondays? We bring in James McCool. It's Mondays with McCool uh, to uh, to uh, have a little chat. I mean, especially with the All Star break coming up, but there'll be no there'll be no show next next Monday, next next week at all, except for Friday. Uh, so, so James, so what are you, are you, are you, are you excited for the, for the, for the break coming up?
2: No, actually. Oh, really? Why not? I'm not. Um, I, I have been on such like a really good groove and such a really good grind in in getting things done and in like my daily schedules that, uh, kind of feel like days off just don't sound super attractive to me, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Like I usually, I'm usually looking forward to it quite a bit, but, uh. I, I, I'm just not feeling the burnout, Jordan. Like I mean, I, I mean we,
1: we still got stuff to work on. I'm just talking about from from a daily, you know, baseball. No,
2: you know. I, I'm I don't even feel a burnout in baseball right now. Really, real? I it's insane. I, usually around this time, you and I are like, all right, football's about a month away. We're ready for it. But no, I, I feel good. Um, I I think the uh, the difference, and this is kind of a weird difference, but the difference is that I've written an article every single day for the last like 40 days or something. So I, I guess I just feel that I don't know. It's weird. I don't know why I don't feel burnout. I should feel burnout, but I don't.
1: Oh, you will. You will give give
2: another 40 days. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By the end, by the end of this month, you know, maybe I'll be feeling it, but right now, no, I feel good. I feel good. Well, the chat or the chat in the YouTube
1: feels good. Give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thumbie thumbs. First thing in the door. Uh Suki Singh was not the first one here. It looks like Wataz was. Okay, you got to work on that, Suki. Gotta get here a little bit earlier. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Brian C. Good morning. Daniel Hutchings. Hey yo. Good morning, card fan. Got Steve in the chat wishing everyone good morning. Right. So so what have you been doing? What have you been doing? On what do you do on a daily basis for 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 MLB? Because you you know, I mean, the past, you know, three weeks, I've talked about what what I do. So I I I'll even bring up my uh, my graph. I did uh, the past uh, the Friday and and, and Sunday were, were not good days. So like my my graph okay. has now come down. Mm-hmm. I'm still up about twenty one hundred dollars on the, what's what's being dubbed as the, the experiment, uh whatever. But I mean I I'm I should expect fairly big swings anyway because mm-hmm. I should I should only expect to win one out of every three days on average anyway. Yeah. So maybe this is just a bit of good good fortune just in the beginning anyway. But the the only noticeable the only thing that first off after seeing uh the head to heads like individually I don't have an edge in head to heads because I'm playing a lineup that's less projected. As a whole maybe I maybe I am but that I mean that doesn't make any mathematical sense. If I'm yeah. if I'm individually negative ev but against the field of head-to-head players that are all playing very similar lineups i'm plus ev but i'm still only getting paid 1.8 on the money i i need i need to be getting paid more to do that so technically i'm not but i was using the head-to-heads just to see are the players that i'm playing in all these other contests playing the same lineup in head-to-heads that they are in everything else and the the answer is, is pretty much yes yeah. So I okay. so I so the past week the past week I've not been playing head to heads. Mm-hmm. So like my head to head cohort is is just remains the same as as you know just like basically break even to the mm-hmm. rate. Obviously a dollar fifty up. Uh so cutting that out, the the only the only significant difference is that I I do I apparently this is completely could be variance that much better on DraftKings compared to FanDuel.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of what we what we deduced last week was that it it's going to come down to there there is more edge of doing this on DraftKings because it's uh it's more predictable of what they are going to do and you're facing opponents that you can leverage more easily. Whereas with FanDuel it's just it's kind of a crapshoot and, and like you don't really know what you're going to be going up against. So
1: Well, I mean, and- I know what a couple of, like I think the, I think the the biggest difference is that the opponents that I'm playing three-mans and five-mans on DraftKings remain fairly consistent. While on FanDuel, there's less of it. like Like on DraftKings, I could play like 10 different people
2: mm-hmm.
1: in three-mans and five-mans. On FanDuel, I'm essentially playing against maybe three or four people. And yeah. then everyone else is just random people that – I see in the lobby.
2: Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is that like on DraftKings, you kind of, you, you're, you mostly know when you look into the lobbies and you, it's a more consistent thing where you can more consistently leverage what you're going up against. Whereas on FanDuel, there's, there's so much random variation on what people are doing that we, we talked last week and said on DraftKings, it's probably good to do this strategy on, the, and then on FanDuel, it's probably better to just be like, here's the optimal and, and run that. And, and, you know, maybe that, completely reduces the edge on FanDuel. I'm not sure.
1: Well, it doesn't reduce the edge because, I mean, I I am playing plenty of contests where I take a look at my opponent's lineups that I don't recognize my opponents, and I go, I don't know how they got to that lineup.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that lineup sucks. But I just mean specifically in, like, three-man and five-man.
1: Right. Well, I mean, but but I'm even talking about three man and five man. Like on FanDuel, I'm not. I have a much more wider variety of opponents on FanDuel mm. for three man and five man, except for like the three to four regular people. Yeah. On DraftKings, like, I there's more regulars and less randos. Yeah. Which means that the lineups in those contests are more likely to be closer to each other. So when I win, I beat all of them, and when I lose, I lose to all of them. Yeah, as opposed to FanDuel, where I'm in I'm in some three mans with two people I've never even seen before, and then I check their lineups and I go, my lineup is still like I my lineup is three points lower projected than than my aggregate optimal, and it still mm-hmm. beats the projection of the other two lineups also. So like, why wouldn't I just play a higher projected lineup and have even more of an edge? Yeah, in, in those contests. So like, like maybe may, maybe maybe I mean three-week sample size is too, too small for me, but maybe, maybe the the takeaway is that maybe on FanDuel, I just, I just jam in, jam the projections and, and still, or, or either jam in projections and play that way, or just it's not worth it to play. If you're going to do, if you're going to do something like that.
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I think that I, I think that it probably has come down to on FanDuel, it's, very likely not like you're you're better than a lot of the opponents that you're facing but like in a three-man and a five-man even if you're up against one person who is good and you're both on that same lineup like that kind of reduces a lot of what you're trying to do with this strategy anyway so like i'm not saying that the strategy does not work it's just going to be far less effective like your roi is likely to be significantly lower on family
1: Right, but I just have to see whether or not this is just random variance. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is with, with this is that when you lose, you lose big. When you mm-hmm. win, you win big. I mean, because your goal is to pass all the very similar lineups together. Right. Or then a, a lot of times, even on FanDuel, the the differences between my lineups are not as as great. Like, I, we, we said this last week, that like on, on DraftKings, I, I quite... I could usually get a sixty-six, yeah. Without giving up the, as much projection on FanDuel, yeah. it's much more difficult because the pricing tends to be so soft that, like, like dude, if you go from if you take out Ronald Acuna out of your lineup on on a slate where the Braves have a six-plus total and there's not many other four K options, it, like it drops your projection two points just just by him. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm going to leave him in. And then you start taking out players, and then it's next thing you know, you're just pretty much playing a three v three, and you're still dropping. You're dropping the same amount of points, and it, with a three v three, as opposed to DraftKings, where I'm dropping to a six v six. Right. And then, and then if, if if one chalk guy goes off, I can still overcome that with like six other guys that aren't that owned, mm-hmm. which a lot of times happens, and sometimes it doesn't
2: yeah yeah. Like ju-
1: basically I get screwed the days that I get screwed are when when all the chalk works
2: yeah but this I have I have, I have, I have, more, I have a
1: 50 50 shot on any day where some of the chalk fails
2: yeah the, the last couple of days where it's been all Yankees Braves and it's just been right terrific. oh
1: yeah oh yeah the, oh the slate the other day what Friday what was it Friday it was a uh, Yankee right what well, Yankees and Braves were the two highest Highest yeah, rejected, highest yeah, on yeah. stack, and they both go off at the same time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's that 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 that's gonna be a bit right, exactly. And it's not like I have none of it, it's just that I don't have the parts. Yeah. Like I don't have I don't have Matt Olson. And I don't have Josh Donaldson.
2: Yeah, you yeah, exactly. And I'm like,
1: exactly. okay, well, I am not gonna really make, you know, one score is twenty-three, the other scores thirty-seven or something. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll have DJ LeMayhu instead of Gilly Torres in my lineup yeah the, right, the, the extra two points ain't going to do anything right that, that
2: happened the other day and it was like one grand slam gets hit and i'm like oh well you know life is hard but like you can kind of overcome one grand slam and then another grand slam gets hit by the yankees and it's like
1: <laughs> yeah well when they throw in position it's, when you have a position 16 to
2: position. 0 through like six innings and you're like all right yeah that's everything is dead um, right and and like models my models have liked the, the Yankees and the Braves just fine. But it's like when you put them up against the ownership. I, I mean, yesterday, the Braves up against, who was it, Espino or something like that? Yeah. Braves projected fine. I don't know. They are like the fifth highest stack or something like that. But when you put them up against their aggregate projected ownership of like 275% or something, it's like... I, if I'm in anything over like 300 entries, I'm not touching them. I mean, they're just, they're they're 50% owned. Eat every single one of them. Um, and it just, the days like that, that's just going to suck for me. It just is what it is.
1: Well, the, the days like that are doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm also playing the small field single entry. Con- I mean, I'm I'm building tournament lineups also, mm-hmm. but only like two or three per site. I actually have not been doing that bad with that. I mean, like minus three 3.6%. Not bad. I mean, for not having, you know, uh like if I take a look, let's 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 look at my top whatever percent uh hundred man contests. Let's see ten percent buckets. What's a one percent bucket? Yeah, it wouldn't be the first place, yeah. right So five percent buckets,
2: five percent buckets that bad, yeah
1: right? 9.5% of my lineups in the top 5%. Remember, I'm playing smaller. These are smaller contests. Yeah. so I'm playing 100 mans on FanDuel. I'm playing you know, these are like the 700 man, 121. Like those types of contests. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, this, this looks like a good representation of minus, you know, beating the rake, but still not getting all right. the way there. Yeah. Right, because We take a look at the 1% buckets. Like I don't have like Like this, yeah, four lineups in the top 0.1%, which which essentially would be almost winning.
2: In a 100-man contest, yeah.
1: Right. In a 100-man, but even like a 700-man, that's still like seventh place, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a little under, but I get a lot in the, you know, 2%, 3%, 4%, which is still 5X, you know, 8X it's not some type of range over there yeah so this isn't that bad only down 300 sample size if your doesn't...
2: luck turns around a little bit in that one percent range like you'll be right you'll be, great. You'll be good
1: yeah, but it's three week sample size i mean yeah. whatever i just wanted to check i mean i didn't even look at this i just wanted to check no yeah. does it matter yeah. what site let's let's uh entry this is just for the 100 man contest mm-hmm. so let's see uh general site So DraftKings, okay. I don't think it's going to look all that different. FanDuel.
2: Oof. Actually, yeah. DraftKings
1: is a little bit better. Yeah,
2: DraftKings is a bit better. That drops quite a bit to being pretty flat on FanDuel.
1: Right, because I get a lot more in the middle and a lot more. I mean, I expect ones at the bottom.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is is much
1: better. Right, yeah, this is way better. Okay. Interesting. Three week sample size. I was gonna okay. say
2: again, three weeks. Yeah, you know, we'll right. we'll get there.
1: Right. Just just looking.
2: Yeah. I, I mean over the last week, uh I have been playing around more with MMA. I was much closer. I I made one mistake in MMA this last week. What was your mistake? I had uh I flipped the ownership of um two guys. Hold on. Did you only just
1: play one lineup?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because I'm only doing it to make sure that my ownership stuff is working out. Oh, so you're but doing I, it for data gathering. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I flipped the ownership of uh, of Said, I don't know how to pronounce his last name.
1: Are you talking about of Lawrence?
2: No, 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 no. Are you talking about Nermega Madoff? Yeah, that dude, yeah. I, okay,
1: versus D- Douglas Silva, de- Dan Drive.
2: Yeah, I, I messed up my ownership between him and Jamie Malarkey. Jamie Malarkey should have been the one that was 20%. Because uh, I had... I had Jamie Malarkey projected at 40 and Sade projected at 18. And I okay, should have... Okay, yeah,
1: it was, was going to be the other way around.
2: See, but I don't know that from, like, a very, like... I don't know MMA. And I asked afterwards. in the community, I was like, why, why did this happen? And they're like, because of his last name. I'm like, I don't know that. No, he
1: also has plus 100 finishes. He's also finished everyone in the first round.
2: Actually. Yeah. He, I mean, his his averages were good. I didn't bring in his his uh, his averages enough, but outside of that, ownership projections were really really good. Um, MMA has been fun. That that's a fun DFS sport for sure. I uh, like that. I I don't watch it, but it's it's really fun to build for and understanding like the dupes and everything like that. That's been fun. Um, I've been working a lot on the tools, for the second book. So the only. I, I, with the solvers and with the, the optimizers and stuff, uh pretty much have everything except for NBA. And that's because NBA... MPE... Because the multi
1: positional eligibility must be a pain in the ass.
2: Oh, my God. It's so annoying to deal with. So I haven't quite figured that out. I figured out the Showdown stuff the other day. Um, But, yeah, just... I, I, think, I think, James, I think, to me, out of the stuff that
1: you're working on, I think the most valuable tool that we'll be making is... The will you'll be making and I'll be testing and then tell mm-hmm. you you're gonna change.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, is the lineup the, the lineup inspection tool. Yeah, I think yeah. that to be able like in in my mind, you should be able to cut and paste your lineups to to an existing contest. So this is a contest that has not been run. I'm not talking about in the past. I'm talking about mm-hmm. in the, the future. So you make lineups in whatever tool you make lineups in, right? Line lineup HQ or something like that, and then you paste in basically the projections file, right, on one sheet. So you have all the projections, all the, the, the all the ownership the column, everything like that. You have all those columns on one sheet, and then on another sheet, you plug in all the lineups, like let. You could plug in twenty lineups, one lineup, three hundred lineups, seven thousand lineups. I mean, just just go in the sheet, and then next to next to that, each lineup, it will show you the projection, the total ownership, the product ownership, the correlation between the lineups in the lineup set, and like all all the stats on on every on every lineup that you put in, and we'll add some maybe some color coding to oh, highlight it'll be color coding. right. Yeah. Ones or other. Uh, So you'll be able, because what I think it's much more useful. And I, I, I mean, I talk about this all the time that people, I'm not a big fan of trying to build 150 lineups at once. I could do it, but I'm, there's going to be attrition. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some, I'm going to miss some lineups. I'm going to have some bad lineups. Some people build you know 170 and cut off the top 10 and the bottom 10 or they use tools like the blunt tools like uh setting maximum ownership sum stuff like that i'm much i'm much more likely like in mma what i do what i do now compared to what i did a year plus ago is i build 300 lineups yeah and i only played 100 last week but i make 300 that f- conforms to a certain not avoiding certain combinations, whatever, making sure I don't have 90% of like a guy that I don't want 90% of Mm -hmm. within reason. And then from that 300, I trim them down from there Yep. and and I go through and you go, okay, I start, especially with the salary cap. I start with the 50 K lineups and I go 50 K lineups. How, what's the most likelihood of this being duped? And if the, if the answer is more than five, I get rid of it. So like the ownership, if the ownership sum is too high, and it's 50k gone, bye bye, mm-hmm. right? And then as you go down in the salary range, you you kind of uh, open up. I don't mind a high ownership some lineup that 49 two, because it just so happens that you're playing a bunch of decently owned players, but that combination may not be used as much because it leaves 800 on the on the table. So that may not be as duped. Mm-hmm. So like once I start trimming from there, then I get 100 lineups that I actually want to play. Right, that are less likely to be duped, and I and this past week, uh, out of my hundred lineups, I I think I ninety one under fives and twenty three unique's, which is for my purposes exactly what I'm aiming for.
2: Yeah, and that's hard on a slate, like an eleven
1: game slate, an eleven fight slate, because one of the fights got canceled.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I had, was fight. My my lineup was only duped three times. Uh, I had a projection for one dupe, but I I absolutely understand that like that's going to be a little bit more off on an eleven game slate. That's just hard hard to be completely non-duped
1: right of course but i but in in that type of build dynamic of building way more lineups than you need it's so much more it would be so much easier and more effective to build those 300 lineups and then take them out of lineup hq and put them in a sheet Mm -hmm. and go analyze all these 300 lineups sort them by sort them up and down by owner by whatever i want Yep. To, by by projection by ownership sum, by whatever and just show show me show me the ones that are more correlative to each other show me ones that are more likely to be duped i mean that mm-hmm. would be in more of their showdown or mma but in baseball or something like that and just show me i mean it'll i want to be able to put in a baseball lineup have all these 300 baseball lineups and it shows me the the stack that like this is a five-three lineup. This is a five-two-one lineup. This is a, this says or oh this contains a five-man stack. This contains a three-man stack. Mm-hmm. This contains a four like those types of things, and then be able to maybe build another three hundred, and then another maybe maybe I'm building fifteen hundred lineups, and then I could take care of whatever I wanted to do inside of Excel, and just go. Let me analyze these lineups. Let me highlight the ones that have whatever I want it to be highlighted and then start a trimming lineups from there and go, okay, I can get rid of this bulk of lineups. I can get rid of those lineups. I could just take this one line. I could just go, okay, I like this one. And then you just take that one and you put it into your DraftKings Mm -hmm. or a fan tool, you know, CSV, whatever. And, and you pick your 20 lineups from there without having to use like almost like a blunt tool. You use the optimizer to build the lineups initially and then you analyze it in Excel. So to, to me, that's what I'm most looking forward to having that, you know, one-stop sheet of like, let me tell you about your lineups. And I'm, and I'm assuming James, that uh, what I'm talking about is, is not, it's not even all that difficult to do.
2: No, it's not difficult to do. Uh, the, the, that one, I, I haven't built yet only because I've built it before. And like I, I already have like the, the framework for it. So I'm saving that one kind of for last. But um basically the hard part of doing it is when I've done it before, I have made it uh slate specific differences, or I mean uh, sport dif- sport specific. So uh like I have built a baseball one, I've built a basketball one, I built an NFL one, like they're not all inclusive. And this one I'm gonna try to make all inclusive and make it so you can actually just like in each different tab, there's a different sport that you can analyze. So you can put in your CSV. You also populate. have to make
1: it for each site also, with DraftKings and FanDuel.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like being able to put those in so that you just have a tab at the bottom where it just says, here's FD MMA, here's DraftKings MMA, here's, you know, whatever. You put in one CSV and then it'll populate and you can just go to that tab and you can just see it all across. Right. So that's the hardest part. But it's it's a really, really powerful thing. And, and the cool thing about it is that you're going to be able to take, uh, you're going to be able to take CSV, and you're going to be able to paste it in. And then after that, it's just going to auto populate to whatever sport that you're looking at. And then you're going to be able to have at the top, you're going to have um, projection of the lineup, you're going to have ownership of the lineup, you're going to have how many dupes it projects for based on the contest that you put in. Um, and then other things as well, Jordan and I will talk through whatever else needs to be added to it but then you're going to be able to sort those lineups based on specific categories in those things so say that you only want say that you upload five thousand lineups you're gonna be able to sort it based on i only want lineups that project for this much that are under this much ownership and have this many dupes or i only want this many line i only want to look at lineups that are projected for this threshold and are five man stacks and uh, are projected at this amount of ownership you know stuff like that so if you have 5,000 lineups and you say I just want lineups within this threshold, then feasibly you could just do that, and then you could take the those lineups that you just got out of that parse and just throw them in DraftKings, and there you go. Um, obviously, there's like some more portfolio management that goes on where if you're in MME and you have 150 lineups, um, or or even if you have uh, say that you're regged for. I don't know, five different contests or something like that, and you're trying to spread out a whole bunch of lineups and just kind of like shotgun scatter it, um, you could sort out the 50 that you want to, en- the 150 that you want to enter into the large field and then go back, do another search through your lineups and then take out another 150 that fit the uh, smaller contest or, and then, you know, sort out another 20 that fit the $4, 20 max. It's it's just much more streamlined than than right. just redoing it every single time in Rotovinders.
1: And also you'll make a function that uh, that will, if you sort by total fantasy points that will remove the rows of lineups that don't conform to the ownership that is higher than the lineup that is above it.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. As a function, me, I mean
1: like, I, like, like to me, I view these all as fun as, as elimination fun. Like, like instead of highlighting, like, I wanna. I only want lineups that are X, Y, and Z conformed. Like really, all it's what we're gonna have is that. Remove all the other lineups. Mm-hmm. So the only ones that are left are that. So you don't have to continually go through and go. Well, this one's here and that one's there, and you have the five thousand rows and have to scroll up and down. So it's basically like, remove all the lineups that don't conform to this, right? And then once you're down, da- like you're down to five lineups. You're like, oh, I want to go back. Like, well, going back is just, well, get your get your lineups again and repaste them in and do it all over yep. again if you want. Right? Like, that type of thing. Rather than, because I think it would be unwieldy to have 5,000 lineups in there, and then you have to find the 4,200th row that has that one lineup that conforms to this. And, like, I think it's much easier to just eliminate all, all the other rows that do not have yep. any of this and leave what's left for that. Yep. And then that, that also solves the thing of, you know, if you're looking for lineups that have a, a, a an ownership, a, a projection that is too low for its ownership. Mm-hmm. So being able to create 300, 600, 900, 1,200, 1,500, I mean, whatever amount of lineups you want in lineup HQ. And then go, well, I'm just going to create a whole bunch of, I'm going to, you can create a 300, like a 300 set of just five three lineups a 300 set of just five, two, a 300 set of four, fours, a three, like of all the different types to get as many as you can, maybe with the uh, uh, unique players is two, you know, you just try to get a whole subset. So you you want to see as many lineups as possible. Maybe you set some maxes or something on, on the pitchers, unless you only want certain types of things, and then you're able to just throw it all in. And maybe you have 1800 lineups of all different stack types. And then instead of having to say, well, I'm just going to build for this stack type because it's easier. You just go in and say, okay, eliminate all the lineups that have too high ownership for their, for their projection. And maybe your 1800 turns that goes down to 200. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're like, okay, I want to get rid of lineups that like the, the top lineup is like 110, but the bottom lineup is 68. And you're like, that's maybe a little too low. So I want I don't eliminate all the lineups that are under 80. And then now you're down to like maybe 110 lineups and you're like, eliminate the lineups that are, are over 140% total ownership. Mm-hmm. And now you're down to like 60 lineups. And then you look at the 60 lineups and it's like, well, some of them are five threes and some of them are fours. Some of them are four, two, one, one, some of them, like Like, okay, I have a hold. And then you like, you look and you go, well, you have 60 of these and you go, well, I have too many, I have too many of, of, of this pitcher or something. And you start going through and you maybe eliminate. If you're only playing 20 of the lineups, then you could just go through and say, you. it'll show you on the side that, you know, these are stacked and these are the teams or something that, are, that, that, it, that it's on. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, out of these 60 lineups, like 30 are raised stacks. And you're like, well, I don't want 30 raised stacks. I may only want five raised stacks. So you get rid of those 25. And next thing you know, you're down to like 20 lineups that you play and they're not like, well, what stack type do I play? It's like, no, out of my 20 lineups, I got four, five threes. I got five, five X, five ones. I got four, four, three ones. I got three, four, two, one, ones. I got two, four, four. And it's like, well, which one is better than, no, no, they're all about the same. They're all, they're all have their own, you know.
2: They offer the mold.
1: They all fit the mold, and you could go play them. I mean, you could say this, but I mean, obviously in NBA there wouldn't be stacking, but same thing for like NFL, mm-hmm. of like you know, which lineups have run backs, which lineups don't have run backs, right? Which lineups have two wide receivers, don't two the two, two play two teammates? Like you go through, it's like well, instead of having to go into a an optimizer and, and strictly going, well, build me a a, a hundred that look kind of like a mix of all of these, it's like mm-hmm. no, just build build three hundred of one type and be able to throw in and throw in an Excel and eliminate lineups from there. I think that'll, that'll, even if you do this yourself, this will speed it up. I mean, mm-hmm. just from an efficiency stand, like even from, I'm, I'm looking forward to it from an efficiency standard for, for me.
2: Yeah. This, uh this is probably, I think this tool is cool. Um, the, the one where, I'm going to be building out simulations against lineups though. That one's the one that I'm like most looking forward to, but
1: that's an after the fact
2: tool. It, it is an after the fact tool, but or no, it's not, it's not an after the fact tool building, oh, building beautiful. one out where you can compare different lineups against. Oh, each oh, other okay. And,
1: the proje- okay. The project. Okay. The projection.
2: Yeah. Where you, so, where,
1: where you can simulate I mean, to, to explain, you'll explain it more in detail, but for the high end, it's basically being able to take two lineups, using the projections that you have. And as long as you have, you know, a normal distribution outcome, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it's not going to be perfect because not everyone. Right. is. But uh, being able to take two lineups or multiple lineups even, and run a simple simulation based on, as long as you have percentile projections, a floor and a ceiling, and you set them at whatever percentiles there are, mm-hmm. that'll just, it'll simulate how often the scores of both lineups, to each other and how often one beats the other, right?
2: Yeah. It's going to be really cool. That one's cool. I'm, I'm going to try to make it so you can do up to 20 lineups against each other.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. That, that's yeah, even I'm more than I thought. It. I thought I was like, can he, can he get, can he do five?
2: Yeah. I'm going like, to well five for sure. That's like, that's what I'm going to promise here is that you're going to be able to take five lineups that you have, and you're going to be able to simulate the outcomes against each other based on a normal distribution between the, the floor and the ceiling and uh project out which one wins the most against the other ones. Um, but this is something that you could do pre
1: with projections and you could also do after the, so like, like using your own projections or whatever source that you get, mm-hmm. like after the fact, it's a type of thing where I could, I could go into a contest and go, what did, what did so-and-so play?
2: Right. Right. And and, compare up against them.
1: Right. Right.
2: So and go did, okay. Did, well, did, now did that something. I know their
1: actual lineups, let me put the actual lineups in and go, you know, this person won X beat me. But how often like even in a head to head, you could be like, based on my projections, my opponent played this three V three. Like how often, you know, obviously based on your projection, if you're playing the, the optimal median lineup, you're going to be you, your own projections are going to say that you win the most often. Yeah. But like how much different is their line? Because you may look at their three V three and go, that's weird. Yep. And then based on the projection, you see that you win 50.8% of the time.
2: Yeah. H- Hutchins like, is going to like this tool a lot because he does that so much with his prior stuff as well. Who is this? So, Hutchins. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, he'll, no, he'll, a yeah. Nerdy yeah.
1: Uh, he could, he could, he could probably program everything we're doing in about oh, he minutes.
2: Could. Yeah. But, but, you know, he's, this isn't about him. This is about us.
1: Well, he, um, he doesn't do stuff that's accessible to anyone.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I love the stuff that he does. And I, I think this is something that, um, it like in, in, in Excel, obviously, there are a lot of limitations on doing something like this because the, the way it's going to have to work is I'm going to have to, if I can do up to 50, then it's going to have to be a macro that sets up a new um, Monte Carlo sim in a different tab for each different lineup that you wanted to put together. Um, if it's only five or five or 10, then I can just have those all set up and then it's just going to run as soon as you put the lineups in yeah I python, think that would be
1: better I, we want to keep it as simple as possible
2: i push Shaw. uh but in, in python or in r if you want to do an r you you could simulate the entire contest right and that's what he does and, and it's really really cool stuff i i respect the hell out of the guy um but yeah that's the one that i'm most excited for because i think that stuff is really really cool and i think that stuff is. uh uh, being able to see percentile outcomes of the things that you put together rather than just saying oh mine projects for 235 and his projects for 242 like you know i i, I think that, that stuff is really really cool so that's probably the one i'm most excited for but um
1: well i think it'll 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 uh open people's eyes on how not that dramatic the difference between lineups right. really are
2: right right yeah and, and especially in a sport like say um but in a sport like mlb or in a sport even like uh like nfl right you're gonna be able to look at it and you're gonna be able to put in two completely different lineups and see that one wins like 51 percent of the time and you're like maybe you don't need to play the, all the chalk every single week you know I, like uh, unless it's, it's an obvious chalk week where there's two cheap running backs and one cheap wide receiver and you just you know whatever but most most weeks, you're gonna be able to look at things and say, "Oh, well, maybe this opens your eyes a little bit to the fact that most projections are gonna come in pretty close." And so long as you're putting together things in a way that makes sense from a uh, from a game theory standpoint, then you're probably gonna be fine.
1: Right, uh, nerdy Tanner in chat says, "I like to compare. I mean, I, I know this is what he does. I like to compare my Sims, his bias Sims, obviously." Uh, to my actual results, the closer they are to each other, the long term, the better your methodology. Right.
2: Well, and I think that that's a really important point to make too. And this is for a completely other. I, I might just do this on my own, own YouTube channel of the idea of projections being inherently incredibly biased to the person who's creating them. Um, well, it's biased we, to the
1: like, No, it, it's not. I'm not talking about the projections. It's the sims. Like in your own, if you're, if you're, mm-hmm. if your own sims should. You're the whole purpose of you running them is to build the best lineups, the highest EV right. lineup. So obviously in your Sims, you're playing the the best 150 lineups. So obviously right. if you're, if you're simulating the results, your lineup should always be the best, even against your right. opponents because they're biased towards you. It's just but a matter that's of the point. that's how the much point. worse I mean, are their lineups in
2: your Sims. Is that when you build projections, when you build any model, simulations projections baseline static whatever like any projection set is going to be inherently biased to the things that you think are most important and even if you run all of the different scientific regressions and you figure out all the different correlations and, and you're very very scientific and mathematical about it you still are putting together something that you believe and have seen is most important but somebody else is going to approach things differently in a way that they think is the best way to do things and it just it's over and over and over and everybody has a different way of going about things and everybody has a different way of putting together projections and everybody thinks that they are better than everybody else and i i think that's the most fun part about dfs because you when you put together your projections and then like we, we love doing this in the nfl season we'll find the, the wide receiver that looks super weird in the pay dirt projections right because the way that i put things together is on such a small sample and utilizing such like high volatility projections and and metrics that it's so different from what you see in the industry standard, but I think that my way works very, very well, and you think that your way works way, way better. So it's always interesting to me. I, I think that that's one of the coolest things about modeling, and one of the things that attracts me the most to it is that although there can be sp- like objectively wrong answers, there's never an objectively wrong way to go about building out a projection set. Well,
1: there has to be an objectively wrong way to build out a projection set.
2: Mm, i i think that I'm, gonna, I'm
1: gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna do everything by the days of the week right sure so if the game is on monday night i'm only taking monday stats
2: mm-hmm.
1: right and then okay and then i'm also uh i'm also seeing what the color of their shoes are whether or not they get a haircut on that day like they obviously you could just t- the cove if you're taking the wrong covariance like your model sucks yeah. no matter what even though you're like oh well you can't objectively say that my my methodology is wrong. It's like, like no, the data that you're using is useless.
2: <laughs> the, you can say, like I said, that there are ways to be wrong about the way that you're building out projections. There are ways to build bad projections. Like, I'm not saying that you can't build bad projections. I'm saying that the way that you decide to model projections can be objectively right based on whatever you want, even if projections turn out bad. Right.
1: Like, I, I, my, my however biggest you fight for quarterbacks. Uh, James, my biggest weight for quarterbacks is going to be huddle time.
2: Oh, that's, that's wonderful. You you know, when, uh, whenever Margaret wants to build out a lineup, um, she just chooses the most attractive baseball players. And that's, that's her weight. Her biggest weight is just how hot they are. And it works so great every single time.
1: That's subjective. I mean, that's not really an objective way either.
2: No, but I mean, that, that is not an objectively wrong way to build because I'm going to be honest with you. The hotter you are as a baseball player, the better you probably are. Like so who's been?
1: who's who is she putting in her lineups then?
2: Well, typically there's you know there's Mike Trout, right? Like Mike is considered Trout. hot.
1: Is he a hot person?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Trout is he's a beefcake, dude. He's, he's a, beefcake? a hot. Okay. Yeah, he looks great. Um the, the only person that usually makes it into her lineups if he's like playing the day that uh is, a, is like not a good play based on this is Kevin Kiermaier because he is beautiful. Is Kevin Kiermaier
1: hot. I got. I don't know what he even looks
2: like. Are you Kevin, serious? Kevin Kiermaier. He's he's. Let's absolute. let's take a look. I mean, I guess so. What? I guess so, dude. No, he's he's an incredibly attractive man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay.
2: Yeah, I see that, that dude, he he's yeah, hot.
1: but he's cheap, so he's like twenty two hundred, and he can right. still And it makes
2: it car. work. It makes it so you can get yeah, exactly. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper's an incredibly attractive guy, and he's really right. good at baseball.
1: But how do you quantify this? How do we put this in the model? How do we no. put this in your in your in your in your wife's model?
2: That's a good question. I I suppose I should build out a hotness model.
1: Right? She what? has to rate every player. She has to go through and rate literally every baseball. Oh my god, that's
2: going to take some time. Both
1: Will Smiths. Both Luis Garcia's, <laughs> right? You got to you got to do both. You, no matter what, it okay. doesn't matter that Will Smith is a relief pitcher, right? You got to You got to. No, you
2: only have to do the ones that are on the day, right? Like the confirmed, like confirmed orders and confirmed. Yeah, There's
1: some court. people I don't even know. I don't. I mean, I mean, is Vinny Pascatino hot? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Go look him up.
1: So all, all the minor league call ups, you have to go to your wife and say, you know, whatever.
2: Only Vinnie if he Pasc- makes it into the only if he makes it into the lineup that day.
1: Right, Vinny Pascatino. No, oh, I,
2: I don't No, she would never choose him. That dude looks like a foot.
1: No, Well he looks like he, I mean it looks like Vinny Pass. He looks like someone that should be that like making my pizzas. <laughs> right? That's what it, he looks like a guy from Pizzeria. What's so? I mean, what, that's that's what I would expect. Vinny Pascatino.
2: Uh he's he would not make it into my wife's lineup. He wouldn't.
1: Well, that's why he's cheap. Well, um...
2: No, he's cheap because... Kevin Kiermeyer
1: would be a $6,500 player on draft.
2: Yeah, he would, and he should be.
1: Right, he's going to rate out as the best.
2: <laughs> feel like when Bart- Bartolo Colon started in years past, she had big sex in her lineups every fifth day. She did, absolutely. But that's actually because I love Bartolo Colon. So he, he actually is... Uh, he was my pick for her most days whenever he would start. Anyway... Uh, objective bias in, in, projection sets is really interesting. And I think it's one of the coolest things about building out models.
1: Okay. So, uh, you no know, short show today. Talk about stuff. What's going on. Remember next week, no show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, right? Friday we'll do the MMA stuff. You know, cause we got the all-star break. There's nothing going on. What am I going to talk about? Nothing. There's really no shows. I mean, no grinders live, no nothing, but we do got grinders live later today. For the seven or eight game slate, depending on what site you're playing. DraftKings are FanDuel. So click on that subscribe button. Click the notification bell to know when we go live. They'll be covering the, the baseball slate later today. Crunch time, which is always free this year. Presented by FanDuel. And, uh, and James, Pater underscore DFS, right on Twitter.
2: Yeah. Paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter. Uh, And then you can go over to paydirtdfs.com for all of the things paydirt related. Uh, The MLB true average report is up. So if you wanted to go read that, that has been a fantastic thing that has been added in. Um, Yeah. Don't have much outside of that. Just, uh, Just excited for the rest of the baseball season and building out the rest of the theory DFS part two.
1: Yep, I'll be I'll you know what I'm gonna be doing during the break. I'm gonna be recording everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's yeah. what I'm gonna be doing. But if you want the, the original Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15 hour audio DFS masterclass, how to think like a professional DFS player, as all as all the concepts. Remember, this is this is the conceptual course. So, like you're not gonna get the the advanced course without first getting the, the conception the, the, the original the basics so mm-hmm. go to theory of Pick that up, and then uh, the, probably beginning of August, right when I get back from uh, wrestling stuff, we'll have the, uh, the the new the new advanced player course and uh, and some Excel tools that'll make make all the con- make you actually be able to apply the concepts that are in this course better in the application version of the course. So uh, so you could be able to pick that up next month, and uh, yeah. So uh, I'll I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about the baseball slate, today's slate, tomorrow's slate, anything you want, right? Because I always answer your DFS strategy questions here on the DFS pregame show on (laughs) rotogrinders.com.